You're listening to the Eagles Insider Podcast. Now here's your host, Chris McPherson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition, head coach edition of the Eagles Insider Podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Fran Duffy and Alex Smith, and we've gathered together for this momentous occasion as the Eagles have named Doug Peterson the 23rd head coach in franchise history. Uh, gentlemen, Fran, I'll start with you. What was your initial reaction to the announcement? It was an, a reaction of excitement. You know, I think that we and we've all been really excited about just the transition of the team and the direction of this squad moving forward and what it can be from an X's and O's standpoint and how different it'll look on both sides of the football. And uh, really, really excited about Doug Peterson and what he can bring to this team because he's got so much experience with a pro-style system as well as a lot of influence from spread and some, you know, you see quote-unquote college concepts as well. So very, very excited about what this can be. I'm excited to see this, the staff and how that unfolds as well. That's going to be a big question down the line. Yes. Uh, but Fran will delve more into the X's and O's of what Doug will bring or could bring, we should say, to Philadelphia. Alex, what were your first thoughts when you heard the news break that uh, that Doug Pearson was officially named as head coach of the Eagles? Uh, I was excited about it as well. Um, I kind of thought that, you know, I think it was uh, Adam Schefter from ESPN who originally put it out um, before, I think it was before the regular season finale, that Doug Peterson could be a leading candidate for this team. Um, and ever since that point, I kind of thought that it just made so much sense for him to be the guy. Obviously, he has ties to... Andy Reid, he has ties to this organization, he has ties to Jeffrey Lurie, but um, just the more I thought about it, the more sense that it made that that he would be the right fit here. Obviously, there was rumors flying everywhere about Ben McAdoo and Tom Coughlin, and that you know that kind of threw everybody for a loop, but I really think that all along, I, I really believe that Doug Peterson has been the guy they've wanted all along, so now we get to see what he can do. Alex, you always conduct the game time on this podcast, and in fact, you coordinate a game uh, upstairs in our offices and everyone took a guess at who the coach would be. A number of us put the name on the sheet of paper and we followed it away and uh, you were correct. I was. I had Dougie Peterson from the beginning. Uh, it was me and Max Rappaport who also writes for uh, PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Uh, we were the only two who had uh, who had Doug Peterson, but we are correct. Uh, C-Mac, your guess of? Adam Gase. Adam Gase. Uh, unfortunately incorrect, but I guess that's why I, I get to be uh, in charge of game time. Uh, we haven't, we obviously haven't addressed the fact that he has an inside source with his namesake, Alex Smith, uh, who may have tipped him off a little bit. So how many Alex Smith jokes are going to be coming now that, that this happened? Only, there was, over the you know, there was months. always, I don't, it's going to last for a long time, I think. Certainly. You already had Alex Smith right. jokes to begin it, with. And now, now it's, it's going to be, as everybody keeps talking about, you know, all the good that he did with Alex Smith in Kansas City. I'm wondering all the good that he can do with this Alex Smith here in Philadelphia. Very excited about it. Will it be a Smithology column? It has to be. I want to make sure. I, I think it has to be. Don't want you to shy away from it. The differences, the similarities between me and the other Alex Smith. Yes. Well, later on in the podcast, Alex will delve into the Kansas City Chiefs version of Alex Smith and how he thrived under the guidance of Doug Peterson. So on this edition of the podcast, for those of you who have listened in the past, typically we have the game time, we have your questions on mailing it in, but because this is sort of a special edition, we got everyone together for this, uh, we're just going to do the three and out section. So, Mr. Brian Thomas, behind the scenes, would you mind uh, tossing it, sending it to three and out? One, two, three, three. Three is a magic number. Three. Three. Now it's time for three and out. 
So I'll kick things off here on this edition of Three and Out. Uh, I guess more, my take is more the why Doug Peterson. And uh, my initial reaction to the announcement goes back to, took me back in time to when I was a marketing intern here for the Philadelphia Eagles. Wow, way back. Back in 1999. And one of my jobs was to take a box of footballs or stuff to get autographed and sit outside the locker room or go inside the locker room and have players sign stuff every day. So I was like the annoying pest that'd be like, hey, Donovan, can you sign this? You know, hey, guys, can you sign this? Deuce, can you sign this? Uh, one day, I was taking the stuff that I got signed back up the elevator. We were at the vet at the time. So we're going back to the main concourse. The, the team's locker room was down the, the ground level, basement level. Uh, basically went right out to the field. So you had to go take an elevator to get back to the main concourse where the Eagles marketing offices were at the time. And Andy Reid happened to get on the elevator. And so I said, hey, what? coach. Yep. And I said, coach, you know, would you mind signing a couple of things? And he gladly obliged. It was great in doing so. And I was, yeah. and in the back of my mind, I'm like, this was, you know, a couple of games into that 1999 season, and everyone was wondering, when would Donovan McNabb become the starter? You know, Doug Peterson came in, and he was the guy who started the season. First time he's a full-time starter in his entire career. and But everyone wanted to see the number two pick, Donovan McNabb. The Eagles were struggling. They obviously weren't going to win that first year. So why not see the rookie quarterback? So as we're about to get off the elevator, I go, Coach, who's going to start this week? McNabb or Peterson? And with his great wit, great sense of humor, he just looked at me and goes, Detmer. <laughs> <laughs> So well played. That's good. I never uh, heard that story. But uh, but I think that just highlights how difficult that 1999 season had to be for Peterson. Sure. Mm -hmm. Because he can't, like I said, he comes here, he gets to be the, the guy for the first <laughs> time in his career, and he's basically, you know, for all intents and purposes, the sacrificial lamb. Sure. Fan, and the fans were much more vocal and, you know, much more animate in the way that they wanted to see Dominic McNabb on the field. But I think it just speaks to the type of player that Doug Peterson was and the fact that he was the coach behind the scenes. He was brought to Philadelphia by Andy Reid to teach the offense to the guys and to be a role model and a mentor to Donovan. And I've read quotes in recent days about how if there was anything, any questions about the offensive side of the football, you went to Doug. Doug knew the offense better than any player in that locker room and probably as well as some of the coaches who were here. And Doug knew that he was just keeping the seat warm for Donovan. He knew that he was going to lose his job at some point. So the fact that he started his career, he played in the World was it the World League of American Football, the mm -hmm. World League, whatever you want to call it, started his career there, played it for the Miami Dolphins, and was a mem memorable part of two different games. He was the quarterback, the winning quarterback, for the game, the victory that shattered the all-time wins record for Don Shula which came against the Philadelphia Eagles. Huge. And I saw this in a video that uh, our video team produced a couple of years ago, but perfectly ties into the announcement here and that the Thanksgiving game, 1993, Leon, there's a, the Dolphins driving. They're, they're setting up for a go-ahead field goal, and the field goal is blocked. Jerry Jones raises his hands in jubilation. Hey, Dallas thinks they've won the game. All they have to do is let the ball die. Someone has to down it. Well, Leon Lett muffs it, and the Dolphins recover. and they no kick good. A <laughs> he missed it. <laughs> and they're they able to kick the game-winning field goal. <laughs> so Doug Peterson, 
was part of those memorable moments. Um, but it, as a player, nothing was ever given to him. He had to work from the ground up. Um, like I said, he was – you go back to his time in Green Bay when he was the backup to Brett Favre. And Brett Favre, Hall of Famer quarterback, you know, guy who's stealing the show, one of the tops in the league year in, year out. But who's the confidant that he trusted in? When he came off the field to the sideline, who's the guy that he wanted to, to get the bird's eye view, so to speak, from? Doug Peterson. He had that unique vantage point. And he trusted. Thank you very much, PJ. <laughs> and he trusted in what Peterson saw. So you go through the names of, of, the, of the coaches that he's played under. Don Shula, uh, Holmgren, Reed, uh, Mike Sherman even at the end of his playing career. Mariucci. Mariucci. I mean, there's a blueprint there. You look at the guys who've come from the New England system and have not been able to find success. It's like, it's like Belichick's system. There's really not like a system. There's no blueprint there. Belichick's a genius. He's a future Hall of Fame coach. He's won all these Super Bowls by being able to be creative and you know adjust rosters and game plans on the fly, so to speak. It's something that's hard to replicate. This, the Bill Walsh system, so to speak, you know, in terms of building a program, not talking about the West Coast offense, the actual program building is something that you can take the blueprint, you can replicate, and I think Pearson could put his own spin on it here in Philadelphia. As a co- so as a coach, you know, doesn't have a ton of experience, but, mm-hmm. you know, he went to the high school ranks to get his feet wet, took that program in, in Shreveport, Louisiana, Calvary Baptist, was 41-10, and 10, I believe, in his time there. You know, became an assistant with the Eagles. He started as a quality control coach. He, again, had to start from the ground floor. It wasn't like he walked into the quarterback's mm-hmm. job. He didn't walk into the offensive coordinator spot. He had to start being the guy who, you know, cuts up the tape and does all, like, he does all the, the grunt work mm-hmm. for the position coaches. He got to be the quarterback's coach for the Eagles for a couple of years, helped Nick Foles become a starter from a draft pick to a starter his first year, his rookie year in 2012, and he went to Kansas City. And Alex, I think you can kind of touch on what he's done since he joined the Chiefs uh, back in 2013. Yeah, really when you look at it, um, I think there are three players that really stand out um, from his time in Kansas City as to where they were when he got there, before he got there, and where they are now. Uh, The first player is Travis Kelsey, um, who over the last couple years has become one of the top tight ends in the NFL. Uh, The Chiefs passing game, they have Jeremy Macklin, obviously, but they really run it through Travis Kelsey, and that's great news for a guy like Zach Ertz, who we're always talking about. You know, is he going to be able to take the next step next year? He had 450 receiving yards in his last four games uh, of 2015, but Doug Peterson really helped change Travis Kelsey into one of the top tight ends uh, in the NFL and a Pro Bowler. Then at the running back position, Jamal Charles, um, Peterson's first two seasons with the Chiefs, Charles ran for 2,300 yards. Again, becoming one of the top running backs in the NFL, uh, maybe outside of Adrian Peterson, uh, the best running back in the NFL. But the guy that everybody's really going to focus on is Alex Smith. And uh, three consecutive 3,000-yard seasons for Alex Smith. And the difference between who Smith was with the 49ers and who he was with Kansas City um, is pretty interesting to take a look at. He never threw for more than 18 touchdown passes before Kansas City. He's thrown for at least 18 every year with the Chiefs, including 23 in his first year back in 2013. Um, Before Doug Peterson, he had never thrown for more than 3,100 yards. Uh, And then in the last three seasons, each year, 
He's had his top uh, his top three passing yard seasons have come in the last three years, including a career-high 34-86 this year, um, and his interception percentage. And obviously, Alex Smith always gets labeled as, you know, he's a game manager. He's not going to take, take risks. Um, but that can be a good thing. He had a career interception percentage of 2.9% uh, before Kansas City, and then with Doug Peterson, that's gone down to 1.4% over the last three years, and I think that's the best mark in the NFL um, and he's also taken advantage of Alex Smith's running ability. Now, you know, if you compare the Eagles and the Chiefs, obviously different offenses, different quarterbacks, the Eagles aren't going to run as much. Um, but he's had his, Alex Smith has had his top three rushing seasons with Kansas City the last three years. He ran for almost 500 yards this year. And I think that just kind of shows that uh, Peterson really knows how to adapt the offense. He can work to his strengths. Obviously, he has Brad Childress uh, as kind of the spread game um, analyst out there in Kansas City. Um, so he's willing to adapt. And, you know, as I said earlier in this podcast, it's it's really going to be a chance for us to see exactly what he can do now that he's not with Andy Reid. People always say, you know, Andy Reid called most of the plays in Kansas City. Um, how much did Doug Peterson actually have as far as influence on that offense? And now we get to see. But if, you know, if the numbers for Kelsey uh, and Alex Smith and Jamal Charles, if they mean anything over the last three years, I think it's showing that, Doug Peterson's been able to improve each of those three key players in Kansas City. I would argue that some of the most impressive facets of his work in Kansas City has come at the end of this season after losing Jamal Charles to the sure, season-ending injury. Absolutely. And I believe that Chiefs still led the league in rushing touchdowns, if I'm correct on that. But all of a sudden, he had to work in guys like Charkandrick West, sure. Spencer Ware, and they still had the running game afloat. So mm-hmm. I think he put more on Alex Smith's shoulders at that point and was able to adapt the offense. Um but I certainly think it's great that he's been able to highlight guys who have performed well in the past. But on the fly, and that's something that you want to see with a coach, is can he adapt to the personnel that he has on the field? And I think he, this past season has shown a great example of that. And another great example is 2014, and that was the year that everybody talks about where no Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver caught a touchdown pass, yet Alex Smith threw 18 touchdowns that year. Yeah. So he found he, he understood that you know maybe our wide, receiver, wide receiving core isn't the best out there, so we're gonna we're gonna mix in our tight ends, we're gonna mix in our running backs, and we're gonna make them a huge part of our passing game. And that's what he did when Alex Smith threw 18 touchdowns and zero of them went to a wide receiver. Now there might be a bit of a misconception that it's just gonna be the same old West Coast offense that we saw for years and years with Andy Reid here in Philadelphia. But Fran, you've you've looked at the All 22 and. Uh, and Pearson has expanded his repertoire, so to speak, in Kansas City. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I think people really need to wrap their head around is that it's not the same offense that we saw in you know from two thousand or uh, from nineteen ninety nine to two thousand twelve. It's very much a different look with this with this offense that you're going to see that Doug Peterson will bring, and we'll see what the staff brings together and what it ultimately comes out to be. But you know, when you go back and you look at this Kansas City Chiefs offense, and I mentioned it earlier in the show. You know, you have a lot of those pro style concepts. You know, there's a lot of those West Coast staples. But then, what there's what there's also incorporated is a lot of the college type spread and misdirection type elements that really add a number of different layers to the offensive attack. And you know, they take the form in the run game, but it also helps in the pass game. You know, they've found a lot of different ways to get DeAnthony Thomas involved. They've found different ways to get Jamal Charles in space before he got hurt. And then once the as you guys talked about, once he got hurt. They were able to factor in Spencer Ware and West and some of these other guys to really keep the run game going. Uh, Alex Smith had been able to also you know, be a factor with his legs, but they run a lot of those different package play concepts 
what I really like is, you know, they brought in Chris Alt, who a lot of people see uh, as the father of the pistol and, and what, the, you know, the, he created at Nevada and Colin Kaepernick mm-hmm. and all the success that they had. He was there, you know, in some type of a role. I forget exactly what the position was, but from 2013 through the end of 2014, he was there for those first two seasons. So they got to pick his brain, try all these new different concepts and really incorporate that into their offensive attack. And it shows when you watch them, they had so many different elements that they can attack you with all the different jet sweeps and misdirection plays lots of different ways that they were able to get after uh, deep defenses both in the pass game and in the run game I'm just excited to see how it all comes together and it'll be that's why I'm really interested to see you know the the resumes of some of the coaches they bring in on both sides of the football and and what are we going to be able to see uh, you know, whoever the potential quarterback here is here in Philadelphia, how are the receivers utilized? You mentioned Zach Ertz and what he could potentially be. How are they, how are they going to use Darren Sproles? I mean, that's, it's going to be really, really interesting to see. Now you take this scheme and a, a coaching staff that we've, we've seen has been able to make the most of talent and try and ad- adapt to what the, play, the, the skill sets are. You take DeMarco Murray and Ryan Matthews and Darren Sproles. What are you going to be able to do in the backfield? Now you look at the wide receiver position. How are they going to use Jordan Matthews and Zach Ertz, two similar type bodies in terms of big bodies that can win in the middle of the field? And then you've got Nelson Aguilar and Josh Huff on the outside. Can they play those roles that Jeremy Macklin has played uh, in Kansas City? It's going to be very, very exciting to see how it all comes together. But the the fact that you have that pro-style background with some of these new-age concepts is very, very exciting. I'm, I'm really excited to see how the offense looks. So the 47-year-old Doug Peterson is the new head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think it's great that you have a, a young mind that you can come in, and the Eagles know him as well as anybody yeah. in this process. I mean, it's no surprise that he was one of the leading candidates going into it because they saw what he brought to the table as a player and as a leader on the, on the football field and in the locker room behind the scenes. They saw how he worked with players and develop them during his time as a coach and those are the things that you want to see it's not just about x's and o's and we're excited to see you know what coaches come in to help assist and what the schemes will ultimately be but you know it's can he set the program can he you know chart the course of the direction of the franchise um and can he be a leader yeah i mean that's what we talked about what was it two weeks ago on the podcast was uh what are the the most important traits for a successful nfl head coach is it calling plays no that's not at the top of the list when you're talking about successful head coaches it's almost like when you know you talk about a quarterback and his ability to run like yeah like sure that's a nice thing nice but but it's not the the main thing that you're looking at for a head coach so uh, obviously they're very very comfortable with Doug Peterson can bring on all those important qualities in terms of leadership and building a program and, and setting the standard in terms of the culture very very excited to see the the new era here in Philadelphia so our podcast schedule moving forward Gentlemen, you guys will be off to the Shrine game. Yes, we are off to the Back Shrine game. Packing our bags. Leaving Monday. Um, and then from there, so you'll be having the Journey to Dread podcast. Every day. Monday through Thursday? Monday through Wednesday. We'll have a new one on Wednesday. Yeah, the last one will be Wednesday. Okay. So Monday through Wednesday that we're down there. So every day that we're down there. And then we come back on Monday with the same idea every single day that we're down at, uh, at the Senior Bowl in Mobile. So... Daily podcasts from uh, when we're on the road. So no Eagles Insider next week. This will have to suffice. And no Eagle Eye in the Sky Correct. until you guys are back from the All-Star Game Circuit. So, uh, It'll be February. Yeah. Just like that. <laughs> <laughs> and soon the draft will be coming along. So, um, But guys, thanks for getting together here uh, You know, with the breaking news that Doug Pearson is the new head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. BT again, thank you for handling things behind the scenes here as our lead producer 
And that's going to do it. So make sure to rate and comment wherever you listen to our Assorment of Podcasts. Uh, thank you very much for behalf of everyone here. You've been listening to the Eagles Insider Podcast. Take care, everyone.